Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. If you love your job, you will never work a day in your life. Fact or fiction? Today, I welcome Dr. Jeff Tinsley, who is a third-year resident at Animal Dermatology Clinic in Louisville, Kentucky. You also probably know him on social media as Derm Doctor Jeff, and he actually approached me about this concept and debunking it because it's a lot of stress and pressure for us to think that even if we love our job, it isn't separate from who we are as people outside of veterinary medicine, which we all know is extremely important. We have a really wonderful conversation about many different aspects, whether you love your job or maybe need to look for something new. How can we de-stress? How can we cope? How can we kind of get rid of the stigma that we can't have hard days, even as people who potentially, you know, love our jobs, depending on the situation you're in. So it is a a bit of a departure from talking about dermatology between two dermatologists, but I think it's a conversation you all will truly enjoy. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the DermVet podcast. I am excited for another repeat offender. Dr. Jeff Tinsley is joining me on the podcast today, who has previously been on. He is a dun da 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 officially a third year senior resident. Ooh. Yes, at Animal Dermatology Clinic in Louisville. And you probably have seen his, I'm just going to say shenanigans <laughs> on a Pop Goes the Vet with Dr. Joya, which is still on Disney Plus, which I encourage you guys to check out. It is a super, not only educational, but just fun. Like it is just a fun show. So, Dr. Tinsley, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited. And this is something, so kind of giving people an idea of how this episode came about, because we are going to go a bit off topic, right? Like, we are two people in the dermatology world, but we are actually here to talk about something different. And this is something that is very close to your heart and something you put out there as a passion topic you really wanted to discuss. And I said, hey, like, this is something I also believe is very true and is a healthy mindset. So why don't you come on the DermVet podcast and talk about it? And that is the concept of um, loving your job, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a hard day. That doesn't mean it has to be your life. That doesn't mean you don't need a break. And I believe the concept you were trying to um, debunk, for lack of a better term, is the thought, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And Jeff Tinsley says, hey, now, hold on one second. That is not true. (laughs) Is that correct? That's kind of the thought and concept you have. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons I'm passionate about that thought is because when I was a kid, that's kind of what I thought the whole goal was or kind of sold when you're growing up. What do you want to do with your life? as if it's a finite thing and you only do one thing. And and now that I'm older and kind of finding my career and getting into what I like, I'm realizing I'm fortunate to have a job that I really like because a lot of people don't. But 
there's a lot more to it. And it's more of a nuanced conversation than just you like what you're doing. So quote unquote, you never work a day in your life. And the reality is that as an adult, we're working all the time and we have a lot going on and, um, you know, there's self-reflection and we got to kind of turn around and look at ourselves in any given moment and, you know, make sure you're on the right track and it's okay to realize that you're having a hard time, even though you like what you're doing. Yeah. And I think it is, um, uh, I think it's an important thing to get out there because it can be really misleading that if you do have some bad days or you really feel like you need a vacation, like if you, we all have slumps, right? Whether it's life or work or relationships or whatever. And sometimes if you hit that slump and I can speak from this as a work standpoint, which we're going to talk about this, I can talk about this from a mom standpoint, right? Like mm-hmm. I love my kids, um, but I need my time away to be healthy as far as like myself and be a better mom for them and work as well. Right. Like for my clients, Mm -hmm. you know, you have those days where something's going on in your life or you had a ring of uh, a string of bad cases that came in that by the time you see that last one, you're kind of like spent and burnt out. And I think really any industry that's going to happen. So I think it's just also a healthy mindset to have and a good conversation for us to have too, as two people who really do love our job. In fact, to the point where we do other stuff right outside of the clinic, mm-hmm. what social media podcasting speaking. So truly, clearly we love what we do because we do extra <laughs> stuff, but that we have a healthy mindset around that because we all have ups and downs. Um, so let's kind of start out with the positive. Um, <laughs> what are the privileges of actually having a job you enjoy? Because we all have bad days, but as you said, there are people who just truly don't love what they do. So what is the privilege of truly enjoying what you do and feeling like you are in the right career path? Well, number one, I would say it's a privilege in that like you just mentioned, so many people don't like their jobs and that's kind of what's out in pop culture. So many memes about like how you hate your job or trying to get away from it. So I, I feel privileged and you know blessed, if you will, that I have this job that I enjoy, number one. And I get up every day and I don't dread going to work. There are days when I, I'm not crazy, like I don't want to be at work or this week is harder than another week and things are difficult. But I feel very fortunate that I... And most of the time, I'm very pleased with going to work and going and doing something that I feel is meaningful to me and fills up my own cup. So I think that's a huge one as well, is that I don't feel like my job is constantly wearing me down. But most of the time when I'm in the zone and I'm doing what I enjoy doing and I'm fixing patients and going and making them better, I feel like I have some sort of purpose and I'm, I'm doing it. And I, I think that is um, more rare than it should be. Yeah. And I think there's lots of things that can feed into um, enjoying your job too. Right. So there's, so let's just take the veterinary field because that's what we know. There's just enjoying what you do, but there's also, so, okay. We're dermatologists. We love dermatology, you know, love dermatology, but I could be, I, I also truly love my clinic, my company, people I work for. Right. So I think there is, you do, you love what you do, but also do you truly love 
the situation you're in, as far Mm -hmm. as the clinic you're in, as far as whatever management situation you're in, as far as who your coworkers are, as far as the other people who work in the clinic. So there's also, I think the recognition. So if, if I didn't love where I was, that doesn't mean I don't necessarily not love dermatology. And I think that's a thing that's really difficult for a lot of people in our field right now, right? We're seeing a bit of a mass Mm -hmm. exodus from many industries, but we're definitely feeling it in veterinary medicine. And sometimes it can be an inner reflection of, do I truly maybe don't want to do veterinary medicine or is it that I don't want to do clinical practice, right? Because there's lots of things you can do within veterinary mm-hmm. medicine that are not clinical practice, um, whether it's education or content creation or writing articles or, you know, business, whatever, or do you like clinical practice and maybe the practice you're in is just not the right fit, whether it's the size of the practice or the type of practice it is. So I do think it's important to recognize too, that sometimes I feel like it gets looked at all or none, right? I love my job as a veterinarian yes. or I don't, where it can be, I love my job as a clinical veterinarian, but I'm not in the right clinic. Or I love veterinary medicine, but I'm just not sure I want to see patients anymore or maybe I want to do relief veterinary work because I like mm-hmm. to mix it up. So I think it's important to recognize that too, is sometimes I feel like there's a stigma of, I have to leave veterinary medicine or I don't. And maybe yes. that is true for some people, but sometimes it's just changing the situation you're in within that industry. And all of a sudden you get that, that passion reignited. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So we think we have really fun jobs. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe not everyone else would like to do cytologies all day long and biopsies and video otoscopies and skin testing, but we love it. Um, so we have parts of our jobs that are really fun, but you have brought up this concept of it can be fun, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not demanding or draining. Tell mm. me a little bit about that. Yeah, I would say like a normal day, for us and is, or for me right now is four days a week. I know you're only doing a couple days a week, mm-hmm. but kind of whatever your day is when you're in the clinic, we have, you know, when we're fully booked, we kind of have a set schedule. We're seeing cases in and out, often some rechecks, maybe some new appointments when it can be difficult specifically for us is like when all of a sudden I have uh, appointments on the fly or, um, procedures on the fly. Like I need to all of a sudden do a couple of biopsies or some skin testing and things get really busy really quickly when you have to add in extra things or appointments run longer because the client was needed a little bit more handholding and that's okay. Uh, or you have people who can't decide what they want to do in an estimate and then things kind of get longer, which again is okay, but we have to be very flexible and those things can drain you towards the end of the day. So if I have several days back to back like that, throw in a couple of satellite clinics because we travel a lot. Lots of our clinics do where we get up earlier and then come home later. At the end of the week, I can be completely worn out even though I've done objectively really great work and helped a lot of clients. And that can be something um, really challenging. Yeah. I think a lot of that too. So what resonates with me is like, so I love pretty much every aspect of our field, but I really, truly like love biopsies and video toscopy, right? Cause yes. we don't do them quite as much compared to allergy management. I mean, we still do them a lot, <laughs> but I'm um, like, I could literally just have like a day or two a week. I just do video toscopies. I just, I love them. I love ears. I love managing otitis. Um, that being said, 
they are a procedure that is generally done under general anesthesia. So mm -hmm. if, like you said, we're often putting them within certain timeframes of our day, even if I had two videotoscopies that day, which I love videotoscopies, if I had started the procedure late because my morning appointments went over and then all of a sudden I'm starting to, you know, make sure I give that patient my attention and time, but all of a sudden my whatever appointment was after that video otoscopy is starting to show up or that time's coming up, or I thought it was going to be a mass removal that was super quick mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe didn't block out as much time, but surprise it wasn't. Or I had one the other day where it was surprise. There's a mass in the other year too. Um, yeah. and we didn't really suspect that, um, it can still be stressful. And so just because you love doing that same, like a person who maybe is a surgeon and they love surgery, doesn't mean there's not days where, if they have a complicated surgery or anesthesia was difficult and they weren't tolerating it well, that there's not a level of stress that drains you by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And if you have that stress, so you're going through a day or a week where you particularly have cases that didn't respond and go well, and we all have those, right? Like sometimes I leave the clinic and I think I'm the best dermatologist ever mm -hmm. because I happen to have had all the rechecks that were doing fabulous and everything. <laughs> I, you know, I've saved this dog's life because, you know, their skin was so bad and I look amazing. I have days where I leave work and I think, am I supposed to be boarded? Cause none of my cases are really doing <laughs> oh, no. that well, but it's true. Yeah. Right. But it's important for people to recognize that. And as, as a specialist and you will very soon be, you know, a boarded specialist, I think it's really important for people to understand that we have cases that don't go well. You know, we have cases yes. that are difficult. We have cases that don't respond even though we specialized in this particular field. And, you know, I say it as kind of like a release, but also that we get to general practitioners that some cases are just difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really important for them to realize that we do go through that. And sometimes you get a run of your rechecks where it seems like it's every case you've had in the last month that just decided not to respond. And for some reason, they all decided to come in this Monday afternoon right in a row and everyone's frustrated yes. and you are starting to doubt yourself and that can happen. Yeah. Literally. I think that was earlier this week for me where back-to-back <laughs> -to -back cases where I am at my wits end and I'm like, I'm doing all the things I'm yeah. talking to my mentors. I'm trying to get other opinions. I'm like, I think I'm doing all the things right. And I have nothing left for these yeah. cases. And they're like, well, we're in the middle of summer. This severely allergic patient is just not going to do well right now. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and as a person who is a mentor to a resident now, like that happens just too. like, we have our, you know, we probably have our cases in the clinic where we're like, oh, good. They're on your schedule. Cause I'm not sure that I'm able, <laughs> I'm like not doing a very good job right now, but I think it is important to, to realize that like, there's always going to be some layer of stress, no matter what industry you're in, you can still be really passionate about it, but we all have those days that are more difficult. Um, and so knowing that that stress is going to happen inevitably, and we're all going to deal with it, and we're all going to deal with it in different ways as far as how we alleviate that stress um, and just what that stress looks like to us, right? Like someone seeing a bunch of derm cases, even if they're not responding, might not get that stress because they don't, you know, feel like it's as life-threatening as say like a bad surgery, but we all have different things that are going to stress us out. This is our passion. We want to manage these chronic diseases. So it is stressful for us if they don't do well. So if you have those days that are really demanding in, in the work space, how do you manage that stress? And let's say, kind of give you two scenarios, sure. manage the stress while you're at work 
because we have to manage that to some degree, right? And then what do you do to manage the stress outside of work or recharge, as you have mentioned? I would say at work, because these are really good questions. It's really important for me to have good communication with my staff. Mm -hmm. So whenever I am running behind, um, tell a staff member, make sure we communicate with the client, let them know what's going on. If it's going to take me a few minutes to get in, I will modify how I'm typing records because I, I type some sort of record. Every, every one of us, pretty much most veterinarians have some sort of record they have to put in. And we often do discharges as well. So I will modify how I'm writing them or be quicker. Uh, I even have a Google doc with little Mm -hmm. uh, blurbs of different things that I will copy, paste, and edit to make sense for each individual uh, client and person. And I do remind myself that I am a normal person. We are all humans. Sometimes you just cannot be as fast as you want to be, but managing what you can about the situation and then getting into the room when you can, letting your staff know where you're at is, I think, invaluable. And also asking for help if you need help. So if you're fortunate enough to have other doctors in the clinic and maybe one can grab a recheck for you or run and help you with a procedure really quickly, hey, I'm running into this room. Can you finish this biopsy up for me or you know, close with these sutures for me? Yeah, no problem. That is super helpful. So communication, communication for that. Outside of work is really important as well because I am very intentional about my own stress management and things I like to do. So I love uh, exercise. I think we have that in common. I am a CrossFit instructor just to have a side fun hobby. That's fun for me. And I enjoy it. That fills my cup. I've dabbled with Orange Theory Fitness a little bit. So another one hour fitness class is fun. I think it's important to do um, things like therapy if it's reasonable for you or makes sense for you. Uh, I think it's important to spend time with friends. Do a hobby. If video games are your thing, go do that. If you just need to go for a walk and breathe. But I do actively put things on my calendar, being a very type A person. When I want to do something that is not work is just for me. Obviously, not everybody's going to do that. But having a set amount of things during the week where you're like two, three, two to three times this week, I'm going to get out of the house and do something different. I'm going to go get a beer with a friend. I'm going to call a friend I haven't talked to in a while, but being very intentional about what you do, I think is really important to get your head out of work mode and de-stress. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I definitely resonate with a lot of the things you're mentioning. One thing that I will say just from, um, you know, I very much love to run in time in the clinic too. I think we all do. Um, I always seem to have like a 10 minute buffer, but I am also a very communicative person with my clients. Mm -hmm. And I think when people get to know you and know that you're really giving them that time and set that expectation, um, then they appreciate that and understand it. And what I have found really helpful, if I happen to be running, say like, you know, more than like 10 minutes behind, mm-hmm. um, one reevaluate your appointment times. And I know not everyone can do that depending <laughs> sure. on your situation, but you know, we, I set out a little bit more time for some of these cases, maybe compared to other people, because that is important to me. Like we are mm-hmm. in a very complicated 
specialty as far as communication, because we ask our clients to do a lot, right? It's yes. not just, this is a surgery we need to do. Let's go do it. And I have tons of respect for surgeons because I would not be a good surgeon. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but it's like, here's the baseline of what we're going to do. I need you to start this flea control. Plus we're going to do this topical and we need to start this antiparitic. And by the way, like we're going to get ready for allergies. We have a lot of layers to what we manage. So a lot of what we do is very much communication based. So mm-hmm. always reevaluate that if you're able to. I know everyone's situation is different. Um, but you know, I I personally have set out time and I mean it's very standard to what other people in our company have of 30 minute rechecks, hour news, but I know people do shorter news. For me, I want that time with them because it's setting up the foundation of what we're gonna build off of. And that's really important yes. to me. And I know for general practitioners, a lot of times they're not gonna have that time, but just reevaluate if you're able to. But what I find really helpful with my clients is transparency. And what I mean by that is walk in and if you're late, say, Hey, I'm really sorry. Or you don't even have to say you're sorry. I know some people kind of don't think they should have to say they're sorry. I do, but I'm just like, Hey, I'm, or I appreciate you waiting. Like if you aren't a person that wants to actually apologize for taking your time, just acknowledgement. Like, I appreciate your waiting. I had a very difficult case before you, or I had a procedure that went over time. I had a very stressful dog before you, you know, something. I, I just think personally, um, we're seeing a lot of clients want transparency and I'm the same way as my own client, right? Like a lot of people already know this and I don't mind talking about it. We have a son who is currently going through medical issues. He, uh, our three-year-old son has leukemia, which is why I'm not working as much right now. And it has really, if anything, this is a very important topic to me because I realize how much I miss work being in this situation, mm-hmm. but I am the I'm the client of a patient basically, right? Like I'm my son's owner right. for back of a l- lack of a better term. So if they're running late and they just like come in and say, Hey, you know, this, no problem. So I think transparency goes along a long, long way. And I, as far as outside of work, you know, I think movement's important for everybody. They're not all going to like lift weights and do CrossFit and all the things that are maybe more intense, but I think people overlook going for a walk. It sounds so simple, but, um, it is extremely important for me to walk my dog. And even yesterday when we were having a stressful day in our household, me being home with my son, which is an amazing job, but one I am not very good at, um, as far as having to be a part time stay at home mom in our situation. Um, I literally, once I got the kid bed to kids to bed, told my husband, I need to go walk the dog. Like I just need to. And so, you know, movement can be walking the dog. It can be yoga. It can be stretching for five minutes. Like just something can be really important. Um, but yeah, having, you know, community of people with similar interests or hobbies. And I think hobbies can sound daunting when you're a very busy person, but your hobby can be, yeah. Like you like a video game, you play for an hour a week with someone. Um, mm-hmm. they don't have to be these crazy intricate things that are our hobbies. You know, if it is walking your dog with a friend in your neighborhood, um, if it is a yoga class, you know, once a week or whatever, um, having something intentionally to do is important. And I know we're all short on time, but I think it is extremely important, but I think people overcomplicate it. And I've done that too, mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, what hobby do I have? I don't really do anything. And someone's like, well, you lift weights like five to six days a week. I'm like, yeah, it's not really a hobby, but like, you know, I guess it is. Yeah. Why not? Why not? You're right. Who defines hobby? Like whatever, <laughs> like whatever we want it to be. 
So I, I love that. And I do think it's important. And for me, it definitely is like community and whether that is calling people or doing things like this podcast, like connection and community as simple as that is like extremely important to me as far as managing my stress and being open about it. Like you mentioned therapy or just having a trusted mm-hmm. person you can talk to um, can be really, really important. Um, so we are fortunate that we like our jobs, though <laughs> <laughs> yes. so we're talking about the importance of the fact that that doesn't mean we don't have hard days and that we don't work. It is still work, but how can someone potentially be, uh, intentional about their stress management if they're in a job they don't like, or have you ever been in a situation like that? Yeah. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the other side, because that is certainly where I came from, and we both had jobs that were suboptimal prior to this. My openly, I will say the worst job that I've had so far, unfortunately for hopefuls, was my rotating internship, where just the nature of it was 80 plus hours a week, very much almost 50% ER is what I tend to tell people. And it was a very go, go, go. You are married to the job. You are working very hard for, thank goodness, only one year. And I did learn a lot. So I won't ever, I won't take that away from the experience. I am glad that I checked off that box, but it's also um, important to have that intentional time. So for me, when I genuinely hated that experience, when I was in the experience, I was still very intentional about taking time away to do other things. So I could not do them as often, but I did write them down. So I said, what things do I like to do and what fills my cup? Again, for me, exercise was a big one, but I would actually try to downgrade what I was doing. So for me in in particular, uh, I am a big CrossFit person. I couldn't afford that so much on my internship salary. So then I I went to doing a regular gym and still tried to get something in because I need to move. That's really good for my mental health, not just for physical stuff, but it really clears my head. So being intentional. So how do you do it? You pick what time you do have and make it work for you. And then if you have to do something less, so I can't work out every week, but every other week I'm doing something. I might go to the park with my dog. If that was important to me and I wasn't going out with my friends as much, but what I would do is once every couple of months, three or four months, we would plan a little weekend trip when I had an open weekend and we would go do something fun that had nothing to do with work. Or even if that's going out to eat or just spending time outside of your house, it's really about planning. When do you have time and what can you move around that'll fit into your schedule because I do find that a lot of us have dead time during our day that we can utilize. One really easy one that I like, I, I am a big listener of podcasts. Ha ha ha, I'm on a podcast. Um, <laughs> listen but, to yourself. Yeah, listen, listen to myself on the way to work. But in car time, I love listening to music. I love listening to podcasts. And that is fun for me. So using time like that, or I have my headphones in my ears around the house all of the time. And it helps me get other things done or just do something else that is fun for me. So that's something people can try. So it's again, planning and being intentional, using the time you have to make it work for you. I think what's really important too, um, I love all the things that you're bringing up 
And I think what's important in difficult situations and I, you know, I had my year internship and it was difficult. You know, I, I actually really enjoyed my internship, but I think there was, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it. I, I, but again, also I knew the year was up and I was very Mm -hmm. ready as far as I knew what I wanted to do as far as dermatology, but I appreciated the year and we had a very close intern class. Um, but I have been in situations that, you know, there's still rotations I didn't necessarily love as much or situations, or I have been in situations where I didn't really enjoy my job as, as much. Um, and everything you're saying is really true. I think too, um, what I've had to do is give myself permission that every, what I need to de-stress in certain moments can be different. And what I mean by that is, so for example, when I was walking my dog yesterday, I came back in and I had my headphones in very much like you. And my husband was like, oh, like do you, he, he just walks nothing, right? Like just like the sound of the neighborhood and nature and da 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 is for him. Absolutely not for me. Well, and, but I'm either, <laughs> but, but I'm either. So he's like, oh, I'm like, it just depends. Like sometimes I'm super into, I want to listen to this podcast that's for, you know, self-development or parenting or, you know, and sometimes that feels really good. Sometimes I just need to walk for 45 minutes and blast music. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I maybe take a shorter walk and I don't want anything. Or sometimes I text our next door neighbor who we're really good friends with and say, do you want to go with? So what I, what I mean by that is sometimes I think we get stuck being like, but if I'm going to take this time to walk, like, I have to further my mind and listen to this amazing book on tape. And sometimes that's true, but sometimes like all you need is, I don't know, heavy metal or whatever you need to do to, (laughs) you know, get through that moment or that day that happened, you know, for me, it's kind of like a little mix of everything. R and B hip hop country just depends classic rock, but sometimes like, I don't want to further my mind. I want to numb out to songs I really like, and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. Same with like TV, right? Like we don't watch a ton of TV, but sometimes if the kids were really difficult about going to bed, so talk about like a hard job, like sometimes I just need to watch 30 minutes of like Shit's Creek and then that's fine. Like, Amazing show. <laughs> right? But so as I think sometimes we guilt ourselves into thinking like my um, outlet or my release always has to be X or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And it for me, it changed, it totally changes. So I think if I, in, when I was in that situation, I'd have days where I'm like, I need to listen to something that's going to teach me to handle this situation, like a, a great podcast. And sometimes it was, this was a really sucky day at work. And I just need to zone out to Moira for 30 minutes and that's okay. <laughs> or wine yeah. or, you know, with a friend or whatever, like you mentioned. So I think that was it really important for me to realize that I was almost putting pressure on myself about the thing that was supposed to recharge me and Mm -hmm. it was like it's okay if it changes depending on the day you had in a job that maybe you don't necessarily enjoy as much if that makes sense yeah um i I, I would add to that Mm -hmm. don't take advantage of or take advantage of time that is shorter so if you only have 10 to 15 minutes to do something just try it out and do it. Whether that, you know, some people like to meditate in the mornings. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes I will listen to 10 minutes of a podcast because that's all I have time for and keep it moving, but use that time. It does build up. It will make you feel better. And if you, as you greatly mentioned, if it's starting to become a source of stress or anxiety, mm-hmm. then do something else. That's kind of like how books were for me too. So I went through a period where I did a lot of, you know, um, uh, 
development books, you know, be a better person, be better parent, be a better entrepreneur. And lately I have gone through, I am just reading uh, completely fictional books. Like I was just like, I'm almost <laughs> like when I would sit down to read it, wouldn't it, I went through a period where it wasn't even that fun. And I would just zone out the whole time, um, you know, especially through the pandemic where it was like, there's so many things going on in our world. And then I was like, no, I think I just like need to read a completely fictional book. Um, and it brought the joy back in reading to me. So now I can sit down and read the other things because I was thinking in my head, well, I have to make myself better. This is a time if I'm going to read, it has to be something to make me better. And I was like, no, it's, it's kind of like re- watching, you know, a show it's like i just need yeah. a story and something to uh enjoy and it's okay to just enjoy it and not always be furthering myself sometimes i'm okay mm-hmm. to stay where i'm at um okay last big question sure what advice do you think you can offer if someone's in that transitional period so they're not necessarily, and we're seeing this a lot through, you know, this mass exodus, not only in our industry, but lots of, you know, the, the great migration, they're calling it outside of the workforce where people are really transitional, whether they want to work from home now, or they want to completely make a career change. It is definitely an employee's market out there. So what advice do you have to someone who wanted to transition into a, what they think will be a better job if they're not completely satisfied in the career or job they're in right now? I love this question because I am famous for bullying my friends into better jobs. <laughs> so it's not the worst trade to have. <laughs> I will literally follow up with them regularly uh, because I did do this. So from internship, I became less passionate about specializing, went into general practice, and then got out of general practice into my residency and internship and then residency. Uh, for my specialty internship and now I'm here and my advice would be first of all write down what it is that you need so what are you looking for in your your next job for us specifically I still wanted to practice I love telling my friends clinical practice is not going anywhere so if you need to step outside of that look into the other options whether that be I don't know, lobbying. You mentioned a couple earlier, Mm -hmm. making content, speaking. There are general practitioners who are not boarded that speak all the time and find a new new niche. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's quite a few things that you can do. Some people teach, some people want to be in academia. Some people go into uh, real research, if that's kind of your thing. Some people do go back to school. I won't be one of them, but people people make big changes. Mm -hmm. So identify what it is that you're looking for, see if there's something else you're passionate about, and also write down the things that are absolute no's for you right now. So what are your pros and cons? Find out what you're looking for. And then I'm a big proponent of networking, trying to find people within the field that you're looking towards to do. And if you can go shadow them, I was in general practice and I took one off day, moved it to a weekend, and then managed to come and spend time with animal dermatology clinic. And now I, you know, that's how I ended up getting that. Plus going to a conference was super important in figuring out like a working interview situation and then getting to where I am. So networking is super important. Talk to people in the fields that you're interested in and 
I mean, if you have to cold call somebody from Google, if you have to stop by somebody's clinic, you hate your clinic, but you think another one's going to be great, seek it out. If you have to message them on Instagram, if you have to you know, chat through your friends, make it known through your friend groups, what you're interested in, make sure people know, figure out what you want to do and go for it. But you have to network and build in time if, you're, if your schedule will allow to go seek what you're looking for and get some more information. So really love conferences, really love the idea of reaching out. If somebody gives you the cold shoulder, you're no worse off than where you were yesterday. So move on and find something different. But fortunately in our field, I would say most people are quite kind and accommodating. So if you, you know, you will find them, but you have to try. Yeah. Networking is definitely really big from a standpoint of not only, you know, getting to know people if you want to change your situation, but sometimes you learn about certain careers or opportunities that you didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's pretty amazing the different, whether it's pharmaceutical, the uh, industry, food companies, clinical work, like you said, research, like there's just lots of different avenues. And sometimes you don't realize certain jobs that exist within those spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I would mention is when you mentioned making a list of like pros and cons or what you really want or what you don't want. I think sometimes we overlook simple things that would really change our lives. And like, for me, a big thing, I think people don't think about, and this is includes like, you still know you want to do clinical work, but maybe you're looking from some, some, some leverage to negotiate or look for a different job people automatically think like pay, right? I mean, that's easy to think mm-hmm. about base pay. Want to pay our suit loans. We, you know, you know, there's lots of things that go into that. You want to live a good life. You've done your time, but there's other things that I think often get overlooked, not like things like vacation time, but flexibility in your schedule. Mm-hmm. So I've talked about this before, but like for me, um, a few years ago, I approached our company and I talked to the other people I worked with. And I said, I am an early person. I am up early. Like I don't real this is, and this is just a me thing. I know not everyone's like this. It's like, I don't really like to wait until nine to start work. Um, you know, I'm, and this is before, even before the kids, but especially with the kids too, I was like, I'm up and going, like I would much rather work early and finish earlier. So I can make sure I get everything done at work and get back in a time to get things set up for a family. And it sounds really simple, but people overlook how much that can change your life. We also like shortened our lunch schedule because we kind of wanted that time at the end of the day to finish things. It sounds super simple, but it was a huge life changing thing as far as quality of life for me. Cause it is, I, you know, starting at like seven 30 instead of nine, it sounds like, well, most people probably don't want to do that, but like for me being done <laughs> earlier, um, definitely helps me as far as like my quality of life. So there's ways to get creative too. Like if you're not necessarily looking to make a huge change, but, and there's just a couple aspects about your, your work you don't enjoy, get creative, you know, whether that's how, like how you get production, how often it's paid off, whether you want production or not, you know, there's obviously salary, there's just production, there's pro sal. Um, but then also like, are you fine where you're at pay wise, but you just want a little more vacation and you feel like you've made enough to negotiate that? Are you, would you really love it? Would your life be so much better if Tuesday was just all dentals? I don't know. I'm just thinking outside the box Mm -hmm. here, you know, or do you really like, do you love having just a surgery day, just a procedure day, but you want to be clinical the others or 
do, would you really love just to do like urgent care visits? I mean, whatever makes it happy for you. Sometimes it's situational things within a job you'd actually really like, and maybe they're open to discussing that. Or maybe when you're negotiating into a new job that you think Mm -hmm. you might like, it's not just pay. There's other things that affect your quality of life. Not that pay is not important. It, it definitely is. But there's other things that can affect your quality of life that I think sometimes get overlooked and, and people can be very um, flexible about or, you know, kind of negotiate whatever that looks like for you. So small shifts like that, I feel like can also make a huge difference as far as like your happiness in a certain job or career. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to add that you're doing that I don't think you even realize that you're doing that I love as a goal setter is giving everyone really specific things on your list. So I'm really big about not writing abstract goals. So if you need one hour rechecks and half an hour or one hour new appointments, half an hour rechecks in your schedule to be happy, do that. If you need an exact surgery day, do that. Have things written down exactly as, as you need them to happen, as specific as you can be so that you can achieve that goal. And instead of just saying, well, I want more time off in general, add to your, to your planner and tell your manager when the opportunity arises, I need two more vacation days. Like this is what I need that I think will make me happy and bring that up. And if you can't change your current situation, because always worth it, you know, everyone will decide for themselves if there's things that they can shift within their current situation to make it better but be very specific. And then if your job can't or will not meet your needs, then it may be time to look elsewhere and that is okay. Yeah. And I think that's what important within that, as you said, is the being specific. So like what truly isn't it about your job that you didn't like, right? Like, is it truly like the whole culture and then it's a situation where maybe you need to move on or is it like, you really like it. But like, for me, it was like, not to not wrap up appointments till five. And then, you know, you never actually get out at that time, like, because Mm -hmm. you're doing messages or things go late. And then all of a sudden for us, like if our kids go to bed at seven 30, um, at night, by the time I got them, it's like, um, you're seeing them for hour or less and mm-hmm. it was stressful. And so for me, it was like, well, if I'm up early, why can't I just start early? Well, the amazing thing, and this is why I'm happy where I'm at is he said, we'll start early then as long as it makes sense, obviously with staffing and, you know, it has yeah. to make sense for the clinic. You can't just get everything you want, but they're like, and then guess what happened? A whole demographic of people who wanted to get their pets in before they went to work or they just go into work a little bit later like those spots are always full. So, um, it is about being creative, but like you said, being specific, like what specifically would make you happy within your job? Is it reasonable within the situation you're in or is it not? And then you can have a list of things that you can present to maybe someone in the future that would potentially be your future employer that you can say, this is what would make me happy. Cause we all deserve to be happy. Again, not to say that doesn't mean we have stressful days if we're in a situation we're happy. So with that, this has been an amazing conversation, a little bit different. Is there anything else that you would love to leave the listeners of the podcast with as we kind of end this, this really important discussion? I would say make these goals, do your things. Um, Briefly, I would say I, I literally did these things. So when I was in my rotating internship, going into general practice, I went down my little list. It's okay if your list isn't exact, but I had my absolute pros and cons and it helped me find what was a good job for me at the time. And I outgrew that job. And that's why I moved on. 
But at the end of the day, give yourself some grace. It's okay if things aren't perfect. No job is perfect. I've, I've, I've yet to hear a friend who said, I love every single aspect of my job and there's nothing hard about it. And it is absolute perfect. So give yourself some grace, look for things that are different. And, you know, sometimes you just got to get a little bit better each time. Yeah. And to my last piece of advice feeding off of yours is it's okay if what you need changes. And I learned that very much through not only having two kids, but then also creating the Derm Vet where all of a sudden I had many more passions beyond just clinical work. And so that's when I made the shift where I actually went from originally four days a week to three days a week, made my day slightly longer because I all of a sudden had other passions. And then when everything happened with my son, you know, our, my job flexed and said, okay, like you're in a, what I need right now is less because he can't go to daycare. And so it's okay sure. if things change, but then ultimately I want to go back. So, right. You also, it's okay if what you need within whatever's going on in your life changes, whether that means you still respect your job, but you've moved on in some aspects, whether it's advancement in career or ownership or whatever that looks like, or if your life situations change and you deserve a job that's going to be flexible because we all have things that pop up in our lives. And it's important that though we love our careers as veterinarians, we're not just veterinarians. And it's very important for us to be able to recognize those places of my life, especially through like what we're going through right now. And I couldn't do that if I didn't have a job that understood that. So with that, Dr. Tinsley, I want to say thank you so much for one, being on the podcast again, but two, um, really wanting to discuss an important topic that I think is really um, beneficial for a lot of people in our industry. So I really appreciate you not only being on, but also being the one to brainstorm um, the topic for our podcast today. I love it. Thanks for having me again. We must, you must have not done too bad the first time we had you on again. <laughs> We had to. Next time, maybe we'll talk about some derm stuff. Again. Yeah, we'll do like allergies and otitis next time. It won't <laughs> be so heavy. Well, thank you to Jeff for being on the podcast. And like I said, this was something that was really his creation as far as a discussion he really wanted to have. And I'm very happy to share it on the Derm Vet podcast because, you know, we can love our careers and especially some of the things I'm going through right now with our family and our son having medical issues. You know, there are other things outside of being a veterinarian and it's really important for us to recognize that and we can still love our jobs or know we need to make a career switch, but want to be within our field without having to feel guilty about that. So I think it's an important conversation to have. And if you, this is something that resonates with you, please comment on the social media post that goes up with this podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have any other things that help recharge you or any other kind of thoughts on this topic, it's an important discussion to have because we always need to be having conversations about our career, our lives, and the ever-changing thing that is veterinary medicine and the balance that does or does not exist within that.